Hello, everyone. Wherever you are in the world, it gives me great pleasure to welcome our guest for today, who is a PMP, actually a lawyer as well. It's not every day we have a lawyer and a PMP in the building giving us lessons learned. So I'm really excited to have you, Sarah. I would love for you to share whatever you think is relevant to your journey as a PMP. And uh, for those who are just coming, uh, we're listening to lessons learned from our PMP boss who got certified some days ago. Is it up to a week, Sarah? Yes, it is. <laughs> it was on the 22nd. Wow. That's eight days ago. Mm. So it's a week and a day. Well, go ahead and, and tell us, why did you want to do the PMP in the first place? Being a lawyer, people would have said you're already established in a profession. Why do PMP? What was the big pull for you? Okay, thank you for that question. First of all, I would say I've always had the, the desire and the uh, attraction to organizing things and structuring things. So even while I was practicing law, I also occupied administrative role, um, let's say mid middle management role. And in the course of that, I needed to put things in place, ensure that value is being delivered. And I was, I came to understand that there are certain things that has to do with structuring and patterns towards delivering value. And when I took up the course on project management, uh, a preliminary course, like just a short training, I discovered that project management actually has to do with a whole lot more beyond construction. And it helps with ensuring that things are delivered um, adequately and value is being delivered at the end of the day. So that geared me, that um, attracted me to project management. So I proceeded with uh, taking up a postgraduate studies in project management, which I recently completed some months back. And while taking the course, I started to see more need for project management, especially in my field, because we do a lot of uh, we handle a lot of cases and case management is not something that most lawyers take seriously. So I saw that it is really, really required and very important for anybody to have that skill that has to do with project management. So I developed, <laughs> um, what would I call it, more love for the, for the program. And after I concluded, which I performed well, I decided to take up the, I, I had in mind I was going to do the PMP, but there was so much discussion around it. So in order to summarize, I started with the CSM and I took the PSM before I took the bold step to write the PMP. So this was this is just the background of what attracted me to uh, taking up the professional exam and becoming a certified PMP. Mm. So CSM, for those who don't know, stands for Certified Scrum Master. But why did you do that CSM? Did they teach Agile in your postgraduate program of project management? 
Yes, Agile was one of our courses and it was really an interesting one for me. So that was why I started with it. In fact, I, I just was attracted to, amongst other courses that we had, uh, risk management and the rest of them, Agile was something that I could relate to more easily. So that was what geared me towards taking up the CSM first. And after which I proceeded with the rest. Gotcha. And for those who don't know, uh, Sarah also got PSM certified before she took the PMP, which was really mind blowing. You got PSM certified within a few days of me telling you about the, the program because you came in for a PMP. And then I started talking about PSM and you said, you know, I could try it. And I'm like, yeah, go for it. Study up. And you did. And you got certified. And that's a very difficult exam. For those who don't know, it's 80 questions in, what, one hour, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, that's really challenging. So beyond uh, the this decision to go ahead and take the uh, PMP, um, how did you find Prazion? Okay, I, well, I would say from two perspectives, um, the content delivery, um, starting with the materials, and the training itself, I found it very, very useful and very, um, very useful, useful and inspiring as well. I would also say another angle of Prazion is the, the fact that we are being pushed, let me say mm -hmm. a psychological or a um, psychological mindset to it like okay that the approach of you know we having get getting the courage and inspiration we need to push and take the exams so um i came i came across prazion through uh, a youtube video and that was when i reached out to you and after which i I was introduced to the whole process and it's been a good journey um, with that. Thank you. And being one of our students who is in the world of law, when you and I started talking, it prompted me to go back to revisit an idea I had had to bring alive the 49 processes through story. And the case management project is what came as a result of that. So. I want to give you kudos for that. I'm really happy that you came on the program and we started talking about how to make it real world. And then we started talking about case management and the dilemma that some lawyers face. So for those who haven't watched the video that I put out some days ago um, on the case management project and making it real world, a lot of it is as a result of Sarah's coming on the program, being a lawyer. So that's really exciting. So when you talk about project management versus law, there's this misnomer that, well, if you're able to be a great lawyer, then project management professional is going to be a breeze. What do you have to say about that? <laughs> yes, I'll just have to uh, laugh first because <laughs> it's it's not. I Well, maybe I, I need to be grateful for my mindset because I don't take any program for granted. And I think you would have observed that with me, Phil. 
I was giving this so much attention that at some point you even had to ask me, you can do it, don't worry. You 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 <laughs> pass the bar exam. So this should be like, you know, a walk in the park. But I always make sure I put my best foot forward in anything I'm doing. So I can say confidently that project management requires um the PMP exams requires a lot of preparation. And why I'm saying this is because I knew the attention I gave to it. It's also, I used to think law is the only selfish profession mm -hmm. or discipline, but I see that it's project management is also a selfish one. And part of what made me a bit concerned is the fact that I spoke to a couple of friends that are, pro um, they are project managers in their own in their offices, but they don't have the PMP. And I noticed like two of them had tried taking the PMP and they didn't pass. Wow. So that again gave me some fear. <laughs> like, okay, if project managers are not passing the PMP, then what's who am I, you know? But I just discovered that there's there's actually more to it. You need to purge yourself of anything you think you know with regards to project management and focus, like you should be laser focused on what PMI expects as an institute. Mm. Because they are, the, they are the body in charge and they are the ones that um, organizes the exams. So you will discover that you will learn a lot. Your mind will be opened to a lot of things that you think you're doing right. Or the normal, the supposed normal of the day, which actually is not meant to be like the difference between what is being done and what ought to be done. Yeah. So I would say it requires its attention. It's not something, but has I, it, when I came to the end of the exam, after the exam, the feeling I had during preparation and when I, after I wrote the exam, it's a bit different. Because I then discovered that even though you need to put in the work, you also need to be very strategic about it. That way, you won't get yourself overwhelmed. Being strategic is being in tune with what is really expected and what's, what is really in, 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 well, how will I put it? I'm trying to find the right word for it. I'm trying to say, Agile is really more what is expected now. So, and that is what I, I was confronted, confronted with in, during the exam. Um, the situational questions, practical questions. So this is what I believe everybody should be, to, should develop their mindset towards that. You can't really say how the exams would come, but Agile, uh, preparing for Agile really, really helped me. And the fact that I already had my CSM and my mm. PS, so that also helped. In all in all, one needs to prepare properly and take past questions as well. I mean, um, there's already the simulations, simulation mm, questions. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, that's a very good, good insight. Thank you. Let's talk about the exam. I want to say thank you to Stephanie and Mary Beth and Vivian for coming. And as you get questions, please go ahead and put the questions in the chat. And 
Sarah will get to them ASAP. So Sarah, let's talk about this exam, 230 um, minutes, um, 180 questions is what it should read. So 180 questions, 230 minutes, um, you got breaks. Just walk us through the whole process because I believe everyone knows what is required for this exam, people process business, a little bit of Penbox 6, 7, Agile practice guide. There's all sorts of stuff people study. But when you boil it down, it comes down to the 230-minute adventure. So walk us through that. Yes, uh, time is not always our friend. <laughs> they say time is not your friend when you're having fun. I don't know if PM, PMP exam mm -hmm. is fun. <laughs> <But> time, <laughs> time was not my friend anyway. we I had to try and prepare myself uh, for the to factor in the time limitation. So I'm not really good with calculations. So I just had it in mind that the first break, I will take it once I see 150 minutes or 155 minutes. And I actually took my breaks. When it was 150 minutes, I had to take the break because I was conscious of the fact that if I don't finish, I'll be undoing myself. So I had to put in more speed and you had already warned us that we should try and make sure we complete our exam, our questions. We have to mark all questions. So I I focused on that. Then when I returned, I was targeting once I see 80 minutes or 70 minutes because it won't actually tell you you've spent this. You will just see how the time keeps dropping down. So you need to have at the back of your mind when should be your alerts like okay it's time to take a break now or it's time to end this so you could have more time for the rest there's usually that temptation to want to get the question right to read it again and again but once you're in a relaxed mind and i just want to mention this the fact that they are more or less situational it helps it helps with just I mean, it's the mindset, it's already there. That's why we used to, we need to let it be part of us. Like it's the mindset. So once you see the situation, you should be able to decipher, okay, this is what I need to do to handle this situation, right? This is what I should not be doing. So with time management, I think it's something that we need to talk more about because I know a whole lot of people would be able to answer most of People that have prepared will be able to answer those questions, but the time might not be sufficient for them. So the putting yourself, having a relaxed mind, talking to yourself <laughs> and all, and being conscious of when you should stop for the first batch before taking your break, and when you should stop for the second batch as well. You need to be conscious of that. So I mm. finished, like, I think I had um five more minutes in total wow. finished so it was just a very short time but wow. i did it in such a manner that even though i flagged some questions i wasn't too sure about but i made sure i had selected my answer so worst case if i couldn't go back it's gone wow wow so that is very insightful can you walk us through again what the 
process is when you see a question? Do you read, do, were you reading it all the way through from beginning to the end? Were you skimming over some of it? Were you reading the options from the bottom up? Just walk us through how you did it in particular. Okay, what I did personally is once I, when, once I saw the question, I just read through from the beginning. And I read with preparation to answer. I read with preparation to answer. So as soon as I start, as I, once I read the question the first time, I read the answers like with speed. Then I see the aspect they are referring to. So I could go back to the middle part to check whatever particular, because there are some questions that would, would have like two answers. You could see clearly that this doing this is right, doing this is right. So I did the I used elimination method and that really helped me. I just immediately kick off the ones that I had no no. Then I pick the remaining two that I would feel is either this. That is when I then go back to check as to what particularly connects to a particular answer. And there's always something that distinguishes the first one. Either one is usually more of a general thing to do, while the other one particularly relates to the situation that has been created. Mm. So elimination okay. would help you fast. Once you exactly. eliminate the first yeah. two, then you go back to specifics. That's a lot of stuff that you have to do within a one minute, 15 second time box. Which begs the question, as Mary's asking, really great one from Mary Beth is, okay, how many full practice tests did you take before the exam? To get to that level of elimination, quick analysis, that's a lot that the, the brain has to do. So it's a great question to understand how much warm, warming up did you do? How many full practice tests did you do? Well, this is a tricky question because I it it has to do with individual differences. Now, I I took practice tests, but I was taking the short practice test. I didn't really take the full one. I think I only took one of the full practice tests. Yes, and I I stopped and I later came back to it. But there is something that happens when you are in exam mode. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I can't explain it. There's something that, and we had the practice test. We had the practice simulators or test help me. I wouldn't say it's more to do with my time management. It helped me with when I read through the ones I missed. When I reviewed my answers, I, I could spend 30 minutes on a practice test, but I could spend one hour or two reviewing where I missed it and why I missed it. I would see the question. Now, this is while I was practicing because I could see the answers that I got wrong and I would see why I picked that answer. And that was what helped me. With, so. I would like to advise every, everyone, of course, if we are using the practice, any practice test simulation we are using, try to review it. That would help you know the tricky part of the PMP exam. That was when I could, I, I now came to the understanding that there could be two right answers, but there is one that still connects to your answer. 
So I, I didn't really, that was, the, that was what consumed my time with the practice, not really, oh, I finished within time. No, it's, it was about when I started, when I reviewed them. And that helps to put you in a comfortable position. So um, I, I guess that's just it. Just make sure that you have practiced well enough. And when it comes to practice, timing, timed practicing, let me put it that way. I guess that's where the question is coming from. Mm -hmm. She wanted to know how well I practice. That's why I say it's it's tricky because it's peculiar. A lot, there are some people that they have, they did that simulation of the maybe 150 or 180 questions repeatedly. Yeah. And mm -hmm. that is what helped them to be able to be able to be able to answer fast. Mm -hmm. But I think what helped me was the fact that I had reviewed. So I already have an idea of what is expected. And um, I want to say one more thing. Already, and the exam situation. <laughs> Mm. I was at the back of my mind, like, this is it. You, I have to get it right. So I wasn't really, I wasn't really, I was really, really trying to make sure I read fast. There's something that comes unconsciously while you're in that exam room <laughs> that I cannot yeah. explain. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I, that helped me with reading it fast and like, okay, Checking the time and all that. So, gotcha. gotcha. Practice Good question. Our advice, like everybody, advice: do it. But most importantly, pay more attention to reviewing why you missed the question and why you passed the question beyond the time that you have spent on it. Because once you have given yourself a time frame for the exam, when you are in that exam, you will be mm. under pressure to to work within time. Gotcha. Good. Very good. And um, thank you for the question, Mary Beth. Very good question. Well, you know, everyone has their own approaches to stuff, but I also want to point out that you are in very recent time an experienced test taker. You'd done a post-grad. Your mind was still buzzing. You didn't let the steam die out. Then you did CSM. Your mind was totally in the agile realm, buzzing in Scrum and Agile. Then you took the PSM, which is a crazy exam. In yeah. fact, the questions on the PSM are worse than the ones on the PMP, and you oh, barely please. have time. So you've already been through the school of hard knocks in Agile. And since your exam was predominantly Agile, it just meant that you were going to be able to handle it okay and use process of elimination. You had a lot of experience. So I'll say to those at home, don't try this at home because she's an anomaly. You gotta understand. And then the time frame from when you came on the program to when you got certified was also rather short. So what what months did you come on the program with Prazion? Do you remember? I remember. <laughs> I I remember. It, it was within like two months. Yeah, it was quick. Considering yeah. you were also busy, you were getting ready to graduate with your postgrad. And then, and by the way, those who didn't notice from, from the poster, she's also a PhD. You've got to remember, folks with PhDs, a lot of them have a high tolerance for ambiguity and volume. So like I'm saying, don't try this at home because she's a bit of an anomaly. But 
taking the question and looking at it under the microscope, it boils down to everyone doing what they need to do to get to that level of proficiency. Take yeah. as many questions. It's not necessarily about the number of mock tests. I think it's also about the quality. You also need to remember in the class, I always would go through these situational questions that break down. This is how to look at the question. This is how to analyze it. And um, you did a lot of studying of this as well and PDFs. So all of that weighs in. But let me ask you this. When you break down for us the PEMBOK 6 and 7, did you open those at all? Did you read through those in any way? Can you break that down for us? Okay, uh, I did, uh, but I wouldn't say like in full detail. I think I paid more attention to the seven because it has to do with value delivery and it's more aligned to agile. And I already had a mindset that, okay, I need to prepare for this more with respect to agile. So I prepared, I, I reviewed the pin box six and the seven, but not um, like I skimmed through more or less for the seven, for the six. So okay. um, the the six is more of processes, procedures, and all that. Mm -hmm. So I try to make sure I know them. Initially, I was concerned about the ITTOs. Mm -hmm. If you notice, yeah. I was really concerned about, okay, I need to get all this in. But when I discovered the what is required more for the exams and it's I started to narrow down to that of the seven. And okay. in a summary, everything is required, both the six and the seven. Mm. But when you start treating the simulation questions, that would help you see how you could apply boots in any situation. So that was what okay. helped. Gotcha. On the real exam, would you say that the weighting of the six was very, uh, I mean, would you say it was the same as the seventh, or would you say the prominence of the seventh seemed to be more on the exam if you're going to choose one over the other? I would say the seven is more because it has to do with the mindset mm. and how you deliver value, how you organize your team, how you manage your team to deliver value, you know, and your position as a project manager and servant leadership, all this has to do with that mindset in there. And the fact that it's a situational, I think I would, I don't know how the exams were because nobody really sees the mm -hmm. previous questions, but sure. I would want to imagine that, that this time, it is easier to, I won't say the exam is easier, but I would say it is easier to manage the exam now yeah. than previously. I would I'm want cool. to say so, because I yeah. could only imagine whereby I need to be ready with all the ITTOs. ITTOs, and, yeah. Yeah, as opposed to practical application. This is practical application now. Like, mm -hmm. it will just you just know that this is what I should do next. Like it just sinks in. So mm -hmm. um, this is just to help my friends, like let them know they should have a more relaxed mind 
because mm. it's about applying what you do. So That's what true. you should do next, what you should have done mm. to avoid a situation, it is coming in a situation. It is not coming in a strict sense of what comes after initiation, what comes after planning. It's in a mm. situation. So it helps you to be able to I don't know where it comes out from the brain, but it will come out from somewhere. <laughs> that, that's very interesting. There's a couple of things I want us to do. Uh, and one is the Agile Practice Guide commentary. If you're talking about the Agile Practice Guide, how relevant, the same way you critiqued the six and seven, what of the Agile Practice Guide? Very relevant? It is very relevant as well. It is, there's a lot of connection between the 12 principles in the in the seventh and mm -hmm. the agile practice guide as well. It's really it's related to mm -hmm. your application to less of processes and more of um trying to find the right word. <laughs> um, mindset, you said, right? Mindset, relationship, you mm. know. That's it. Of course, the agile you, practice me, guide is very important. Yeah, yeah. let me give you a, a, an exam, and it's not a trick question. Just from intuition, right? You have the sixth, you have the seventh, you have the agile practice guide. I know there's overlap, right? If you mm -hmm. are going to give them a percentage just by intuition breakdown without thinking it, don't overthink it. I know you're very analytical. <laughs> <laughs> So what percentage is Agile Practice Guides? Just give me a number. Throw me a number, percentage-wise. I would say 80. Wow. That's so helpful to know. And then if you're going to break down the remaining 20%, how many of it would go to oh, seven? Oh, you mean dividing it amongst all of them? Yes. Oh, yeah, the I exam. Yes. Okay, 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 okay. Um, hmm. The Agile Practice Guide will definitely take like 60. Okay. Yes. Then <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want anybody to hold me to this, but nobody's gonna them... hold you because we all have our individual, we all have our individual uh yeah. perspective. And you gotta remember Agile Practice Guide pages 90 to 95 has very heavy predictive through an agile lens, which makes it very hybridized, this page. Yes. So even yes. though it's agile practice guide, it's not all agile. There's some hybrid in there. So that's understandable. Exactly, the because there are some some questions like, yeah, it's, it's hybrid, but you should know agile to be able to handle hybrid. Yes, if you don't know agile, you can't handle hybrid. Very true. Yeah. yeah. So the sixth and the seventh, yeah. from what I'm hearing, it's not a 2020 because <laughs> we've got 40% left. So what would you what would you say it is? Is is it a 1525 or 30? Yeah, I think I'll do I'll do 1525. In favor of which one has a 25? I <laughs> gotta be clear. Okay. That's so mm -hmm. helpful to know. And this is gonna help a lot of people who are scratching their heads wondering what to focus on now it's very clear that all of it is important because imagine if you don't know this 15 percent, this could be bad or someone who doesn't know this 25 percent could be bad 
So when uh, we're talking about the sixth and the seventh, from what I'm hearing, the principles are most important Principle. in the seventh, right? And then in the sixth, it seems like just having an understanding of what the process does at a high level and knowing the terminology seems to be the more important piece. Yes. And there are a lot of, I think hybrid took majority, like you're uh -huh. talking about stakeholder engagement, for example, and mm. you, would be, you would see that there's a bit of high, of agile in stakeholder engagement. Yeah. You know? And it's 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 more of it's real highly hybridized. <laughs> mm -hmm. That, that is so helpful to know. And what makes something hybrid is mm -hmm. is the agile thing in it. <laughs> something so, in the water. <laughs> there's agile. I said there's something in the water. There's something in the agile and the predictive yeah. water that makes the agile more dominant because. You're looking at it, you know that there's some predictive, but the agile just seems to dominate it, is what I'm exactly. hearing. Exactly. And if you don't know that agile piece, you're you're in trouble, it sounds like. That seems to be the struggle. Okay. So would you say that your CSM and your PSM had a you had a competitive edge because of the it sounds like you did. Just knowing the, the agile so well gave you that edge. But when it comes to the sixth and the seventh, what percentage of your study time would you say was spent on predictive and those two books? Is it, would you say it kind of matched the breakdown you gave us or did you spend too much time on the sixth? Would you say you spent well, too much? You long? know, I, 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 I just mentioned that my mindset pre the exams and post the exam is slightly different because pre the exams, I was really concerned about the predictive mm. because of the fact that I was relatively comfortable with Agile. So mm. I, I was trying to see, okay, how I would master the 49 processes, the knowledge areas and the rest of them. So I would say I still had to make sure that I was really in, because these things can just fly off before you know it. So mm -hmm. I needed to make it, <laughs> I needed to make it a part of me. So in as much I still kept refreshing my mindset on agile and the agile process, the agile part of it, I also was paying a lot of attention to the processes too. The 49 processes and that also helped during the exams okay so tell me if we were going to take a look at your handbook guide your reading material we, we gave you so many things so you already knew a whole lot of agile you got this book did you refer to this or did you refer to this in your studying and then we had this 600 page immersion so were any of these add-ons to your studying at all there were but I, I, I just read through like speed read mm -hmm. because of the, the bulk. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot. It's yeah. Bulky, what about nature? Yeah. Yeah. What about the audio digest? So you were given like yeah, 20 hours. The, 
the audio digest was something I listened to again and again because I like to listen to things. So it's it really helped me. And mm. if I need to read something, I like to read it um, from a book. Okay. So I didn't really have time to print much. I just printed ah. it. Too. But gotcha. with respect to the audio, it really helped because as I listened to it, it became part of me. And there are certain aspects when you're making your analogy that you would emphasize certain things. And that helped with me getting used to what is expected. Gotcha. Gotcha. I want to put you on the spot again. <laughs> being, being that you're an academician, this is not this is a, a small deal. I want you to coach me, right? I want you to be my coach in writing a PMP question. So that means you're going to tell me, Phil, no, that's a rubbish question. Uh, this is how you can write it better. So let me put on the hat of the clueless question writer from 2017. So I'm going to write a question and you tell me what I can do to make the question better. So I'm going to write a question for the PMP and it's going to go something like this. Um, what is the output of develop project charter? So you coach me, you tell me what I need to do to make this question a better question. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously this question is a zero, like a no, no for <laughs> standard. So oh, it's it's actually preferable if you need to put something like this. You could say, uh -huh. um, you are a PM and you have submitted um, you had it, you have submitted, um, uh, you're reviewing a business case. Okay. Reviewing a business Review. case with your, um, with your sponsors or your stakeholders. Huh? Business case with your, uh, and okay. I'm trying to be careful here. <laughs> so, so, so let me let me go a step further since you've be... coached me. So, so I'll say you're reviewing a business case with your stakeholders and customer. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, there is an argument about the of work described what should you do next is this is this going in the right direction or am i getting colder it's 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 better than what you had previously. <laughs> at the beginning yes so what can i do to make this better so you you have to be more precise mm -hmm. even if it's a scenario you still have to be more precise. Okay. There's yes. an argument about the scope of work described. 
some feel it is not achievable yeah in the time frame given okay so what should you do next um so you you tell me some good options so i'm going to give you some ridiculous options uh is do nothing a is that a good choice would you find do nothing as an option or is that a lazy question should i make it more like it could something? be it could be do nothing because everything is explicitly written ah because, do nothing because okay i like that okay and then b uh counter the argument with proven facts. How can I make that one more convincing or better? Okay, it could be um, influence. Influence influence them or persuade. Okay. Are there any, like, would there be one that is just so ridiculous, like, um, tell them to be quiet? Or <laughs> that, that's kind of far-fetched? There could be a ridiculous, but not that ridiculous. <laughs> not that <laughs> ridiculous, okay. Yeah. Okay. It okay. could be something like, okay, you're actually reviewing something currently, and you could say, you call for an adjournment, of the meeting to for another time. Okay. Which is of which is obviously one of the the bad choices because you're running away from from it, is it? Yeah. And then what would a what would a befitting answer for something like this be? What would what would uh, a good answer be? Okay. <laughs> Put it on it, the proverbial agile hat. It could be to to give further explanation, or it could be either to give further explanation, or it could be to ask the stakeholder who has a concern their major issues with it or their concerns, ask about it, then give further explanation, you know. Okay, something along those lines. To address the areas of concern. Okay. Uh -huh. Okay, so, and address, okay. So do nothing is passive. Persuade the stakeholders with proven facts. It doesn't allow the stakeholders to be heard. You're not hearing them out, which it sounds good, but it's, it's it not. It sounds good, but it's not the, yeah. as, as it relates to this situation. And call for an adjournment of the, of the meeting for another time. You'll be amazed at how many folks may 
think that is not a bad thing to do. But when you mm -hmm. have the mindset, so why can you tell us why C would be just for the sake of those who may be watching uh, and new to this? Why is C not good? Yeah, one, you're meeting with stakeholders and this, these are people that the, their time is money. Everybody's mm. busy. So you come together, everybody's together and what needs to be addressed needs to be addressed at that point. You need to be prepared for the meeting before mm. then. So when you just call for an adjournment for another day, it doesn't speak well as a project mm. manager and it's also you're 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 going to lose the trust they have mm. in so beautifully said thank you thank you for rolling with it this is this was a great little exercise what i want the folks who are watching and getting ready for the exam to take away is number one you're going to get questions that are potentially this long right this is not too long and it's not short either right it's kind of in the pocket would you say or are there worse questions that are longer than this? Yeah, but it's mostly within this. You hardly okay. see, although this is boldly typed, by the time you, if it's compressed, it. it might, yes. Mm. So between two to three lines max, I would say. Okay. That is good to know. Okay, let's get rid of this. And let's, let's shrink it down just a, a little bit to give it a more realistic size. So yes, the size of your font. Aha. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it is it is a believable length on average. Would you say this is on average what the question would how long it would be? Yes. Uh for the most part. Okay. And then you could have some longer ones. Yes, you could have some like four lines, four full lines, but wow. you will discover that the initial part is just mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like story. <laughs> story, okay. <laughs> story, story. Got it, got it. Uh, but okay. of course, you need to know the story to be able to... Okay. I, I attempted certain things when, when I was doing my practice. So mm -hmm. when, I, when, I, when I'm confronted with a lengthy question, I just start from the ending part or the middle. So I used mm. to discover that I, I used to miss something in that process. Ah, okay. So okay. that wasn't, it works for some people. Yeah. I used it in a way during my PSM, it worked. Okay. But okay. I discovered that from the beginning of any question, there's always something that sounds like a story or is prepping you for ah. the action you should take. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you gotta so, be careful what you skip. Yes. So from that beginning part, you you would you would start your mind will start reading. Okay, I mean agile or predictive or hybrid. So mm, got it. We got a great question in from Vivian, and Vivian says, "Is this an agile or predictive approach? What do you have to say about that? Hmm. This question we're looking at here." Well, I would say it's um, hybrid. I agree. More, I mean, it's more predictive. It's, it's predictive. Yeah it's, yeah, it's more predictive, but it could also be hybrid. And the reason is the business case 
is not peculiar to only predictive, but talking about achievable within the time frame that generally is used as a predictive landscape, generally. But it, it's not a given because we could be talking about multiple releases because there's still milestones in the world of Agile. We treat them differently. So you're right. It could be predictive or it could be hybrid. But you know what? On the exam, you won't even know. You won't even know. And honestly, you won't even care. That's not what you're going to be thinking about. What you're going to be thinking about is how do I answer this question? Yes. And yes. if I'm to say, if even if you want to answer any question, your mind should be more, except it's outrightly stated. I just put mm. my mind more on the, on the agile, even when I'm answering a hybrid question. Because that's mm -hmm. what makes a question hybrid. Yes. Yes. Without Agile, there's no hybrid. True. So That's true. Yeah. That is usually what they want to, I guess. <laughs> That's what I feel they want to get out of me to know if I have this understanding. That's true. Good deal. Wow. I think I've been, I've been taken to school. Thank you for the coaching. I really appreciate it. <laughs> because there's nothing, there's nothing like getting someone who has gone through the process and read and studied, tell you this is the best way to present a question of this nature. And now, not only have you helped me, you've also helped other people that write questions. And that's what this whole thing is about, is to help people write more convincing questions. If they're question writers, it's to help students know what to expect if they're going in for the exam. Mm. So the, the other question that we often ask our graduates is, what would you do differently? differently. <laughs> well, um, I don't know if I could say mine because it, it may sound odd. <laughs> uh, first, I will it be during the exam or before the exams? Let's talk about the whole timeline. The whole timeline, okay. Uh, I I studied well enough. I probably would have put in more time into attempting the full um the full 180 questions. Probably would have done that. Maybe that would have helped more. Then during the exam, I personally I think we all know our strengths and our weaknesses to an extent. So I could say my weakness was calculation and already knew even before I went in and I still prepared for the aspect that had calculation, but I didn't know how, what form it would come. In fact, that was one of the, those questions were one of those that came more lengthy. It was quite long. So, I noticed I spent too much time on that. And there were just two of them. And in my head, after I had finished, I was like, the time I spent on this, I would have used it to perfect the ones. <laughs> you know, I just kept thinking like, I would have just seen the calculations kits and focus on, like, I was like, two questions would not make me, you know, that's my own thinking. I know work for someone else. 
But so when we say calculation, let's make it clear. We're talking about needing a calculator. Yes, there's a there's a calculator for everybody to use. It's on and how many times did you ever use the calculator? None. I used you... I just used it like twice. I was okay. using it to calculate my time when I was not sure okay. how many minutes I have left. How many hours minutes you had left? Ah. But not, <laughs> but not for sure. a big gotcha, but it wasn't for an earned value question or SPI, CPI, or any of that stuff. No, it wasn't for that. Okay. But I had to pay, I I spent time reviewing that question so much that I I think I gave it too much time than needed. So I probably would have just flagged it and just continued with the other ones that I was comfortable with. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, Sarah, we've got four minutes left. I don't want to hog the, the whole question uh, and answering session. Thank you for coaching me on how to write better questions. Let's ask our friends if they have got questions about anything. Now will be a good time for you to ask. Any questions? Thank you for visiting with us, Dwight and Vivian. And of course, Stephanie, who is a PMP guru already. Stephanie, thank you very much for helping this journey. You know, you came on when Sarah and I had our immersion. You stayed. You gave back to the community. Yes. You gave a few cents. How do you feel now that you've seen one of our friends certified? Okay, I do you think she can unmute? I, <laughs> That's true. Maybe, maybe let's go ahead. Uh, Stephanie, can you unmute? I'm on. Um, can you hear me? We hear you. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, it's over. Um, you know that part is over. Um, part of being a PMP or just part of being um someone who likes to support is like you're supposed to get back. So, um. I think, no, I think I know that I'm really proud of Sarah. Well, I know, I knew that she was going to pass. So congratulations to you. Yeah. I'm on my way to, matter of fact, I'm not on my way. I have actually earned my PDUs already. So nice. after wow. the exam, wow. yeah, after the exam, what I wanted to do, um, um, I think I mentioned this to you like a thousand times before, Phil, that I, um, wanted to learn more about um, the earned value. So um, oh, yeah, I, yeah oh, I just went back and started taking some of the classes that they have at PMI. And as a member, I can, you know, do these for free um, and just went on and just, just kept looking and listening to um, webinars, um, you know, virtual, um, you know, on-demand and um, virtual and just found out that I have, um, I, I actually have all my PDUs. Yeah, um, so you know what to do? Yep. I you just, know what to do? On the yep. third year, the third year of your cycle, you can get another 20 and you can bank them for the next cycle. But now you're not allowed to do that until the third year. That's the way it works. Yeah, you but the thing, the thing is, is that what I like about it is that um, even though I have my own flow sheet, I guess I'm not all that trusting. I have my own flow sheet um, <laughs> and I, I just don't systems sometimes have a, you know, way of breaking down. Um, but PMI actually keeps track of the courses that you take. So they yeah. let me know that, you know, Hey, you have your PDUs. Um, and what I do is I also keep a flow sheet, but I noticed that when I went back to check the, the flow sheet through PMI, 
is that um, it's, you know, it just, it, it um, approves the training, but um, past the six CPDUs, it just puts zero and that um, yes. it was approved. Yes. So yeah. I'm keeping track on my own flow sheet and actually keeping track on them. There's a lot of really, really good information um, on there. Can I go back to, you asked, you had actually asked a question about the exam um, Excel. This exam reminds me of the social work exam. Um, I'm a mm -hmm. licensed social worker and I noticed that sometimes, you know, um, I can take the exam and then one of my colleagues can take the exam and the content of the exam could be um, completely different. Completely, yes. Completely That's different. True. The content can be completely different. You know, for me, um, Pinbox 6 and 7 was there. Agile was definitely there. Um, definitely. There was no way you can get around it. Um, I think I got two questions that had to do with anything that had to do with calculations. Um, that question, matter of fact, I'm actually looking at it now because it was on one of the questions of the day that I have PMI. I'm looking at it. It was five lines. Wow. Five. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy. And you have four answers. <laughs> So, um, I, you know, I just think that, you know, for the exams, like, I, I think what it appears to me that the exam, the concept may be different depending on when you're going. Yeah. One size yeah. That's, a, sure. that's a really good point. That's Great true. Point. Yeah. Well, thank you, Stephanie. Great to hear your voice. I appreciate you coming thank on the, you. On the, the uh, lessons learned. And Sarah, thank you for giving us one hour of your time. I've just sent you a link. Uh, feel free to go ahead and fill in that form, claim your PDU for coming to speak to us. Um, you got to start now because look at Stephanie; she's done with her sixty. So, yeah, <laughs> so I know that I know that you'll you'll catch up in due time. But I also want to say thank you to Vivian and Dwight and uh, Mary Beth for coming through. Thank you all very much. I'll go ahead and stop the recording. And then we can take any questions offline. Thank you.